another episode of How to Love the Dark, a podcast where I walk my wife and one of my good friends down the long, shadowy path to horror cinema obsession, as I try to take them from novices of the macabre to bloodbath experts one film at a time. This week we watch 1980's Motel Hell, but before we get into that, let me introduce them. First up, my wife, Anna. How are you? I'm doing all right. You're not? Uh, did this movie make you hungry? No. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Torin, how about you? Are you uh, looking for some of uh, Farmer Vincent's famous smoked meats? Hell yeah, I want to learn that secret recipe of his. <laughs> and why, yeah, it's, I'm excited. As, as a fan of, of charcuterie and the sausage arts, uh, this movie really scratched the itch. Nice, nice. Before we get too into it, uh, I want to throw up our content warning. This movie does have an attempted sexual assault in it. Uh, it is mostly about cannibalism, and of course there's discussions of uh, violence and potential uh, gore and injuries. The, the last one will be pretty common from episode to episode. Um, so this movie was made in 1980, or it was released in 1980, shot in 1979, I believe, uh, by Kevin Connor, um, was the director. And he mostly did uh, kind of low-budget sci-fi fantasy films and then a couple horror movies. And then he moved into basically just doing TV like movies and TV originals. Um, and I think he's still working today doing that. Um, so, you know, this this is not uh, quite the same thing as like Sam Raimi, where it's like made by a master of horror. This is very much more like a weird cult film. Um, and so I'm going to quickly go through it. Feel free to interject. The plot of this one is much easier to explain quicker than the last <laughs> two movies because... Uh, it doesn't even have that many locations. Um, so Motel Hell uh, takes place at Motel Hello. Um, you first meet one of the two proprietors of Motel Hello, uh, Farmer Vincent, played by Western legend Rory Calhoun in his later years. Uh, he, he, we see him you know, outside, just kind of looking off into the middle distance. And then he uh, takes a gun and he goes out to a nearby road where a motorcycle is coming around the bend and he aims uh, at the motorcycle and shoots out a tire. The motorcycle goes tumbling and Farmer Vincent gets the two people uh, from the motorcycle, a, a male biker and a woman who we later, or the male biker's name is Bo, um, and this uh, kind of pretty much younger woman named Terry. Um, Bo, we don't really see what happens to yet. Terry, he brings back and says that, like, uh, God showed him this woman and how he you know, spared her from death, and so he's going to... Um, not let death get her. He's telling this to a razor. Si yeah, he's going to raise her. Um, he's telling that to his sister, Ida, played by Nancy Parsons, kind of a famous character actress, uh, probably most famous for being uh, Coach Ballbricker. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, she's she's uh, she's a pretty good comedic and character actress, um, and she is his sister. Uh, and then uh, we we cut to the next day. We see uh, Ida, you know, talking to them. She's she's awake. They're they're kind of friendly. We also meet 
um, a meat inspector named Bob who shows up and is poking around and he hears something um, far off in this other section of the farm uh, that we aren't shown quite yet. Um, and then uh, we also uh, see Farmer Vincent go out uh, again at night um, to uh, get a van full of like rock, a rock band called Ivan and the God. Terribles. Yeah. In a with sick the, van. The, yeah, the sick van with the most real facial hair ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the Terribles, weirdly, played by Cliff Clavin himself, John Ratzenberger, uh, known known better as the voice of the piggy bank in the Toy Story movies, <laughs> if you're oh, a wow. younger person. Uh, one of the one of the band people, just randomly, and he uh he gets all four members of this band, and at some time around here is where we're shown um that behind this part of the the behind this like gate is a part of the farm. Later he calls it the garden. And in that part are people buried up to their necks with their vocal cords cut. So they make kind of weird, gurgly, um, growly noises, uh, but they can't speak. And most of the time they have a burlap sack placed over their head to deprive them from uh, of sight as well. Um, eventually, uh, Bob, the meat inspector, finds his way back here. Um, and of course, because of that, ends up getting uh, conked on the head with a shovel uh, and ends up back here as well. Uh, Terry now is awake and up and walking about. She has kind of at first a father-daughter relationship with Vincent. We also meet the sheriff, um, who is Vincent and Ida's baby brother, and he's a weirdo. Um, (laughs) And so then uh, Terry and the sheriff go to a drive-in movie theater, um while uh, Vincent goes out and waylays another car, though this time with some difficulty. Um, He waylays a car with two women who are kind of implied to be prostitutes, but he has to chase them down. Ski women. Yes, ski women, yes. And he... He uh, he ends up ramming their car and and driving it into a lake and uh, getting them before the sheriff shows up because the sheriff overhears it on the radio. It interrupts him attempting to molest or rape Terry, which is real weird and real disturbing <laughs> considering where the movie goes with his character. Um, we also uh, then go eventually go back to the... Um, back to the the hotel the motel rather and we have a at some point in here we have a picnic scene where the main characters uh explain to Terry that uh their grandmother once wanted them to take care of a dog and so Vincent did and then they ate the dog and Terry's a little put off um but need uh, Ida ex- explains uh their grandma's old saying meat's meat and man's got to eat um, yeah. which is a pretty good, uh, one of two great taglines that are just spoken in the midst of this movie. We, we, it makes all kinds of critters to make Farmer Vincent's fritters. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, there's a shirt that has that on it that I may, I may purchase at some point. We'll see. Nice. I'll uh, get one with you. Uh, <laughs> in that picnic scene, we'll also like to mention the, uh, casual throwdown, uh, where Vincent punches his sister in the stomach as she's about to spill the beans. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. 
pretty a pretty harsh punch too not like yeah. a like hey be quiet you like punch on the shoulder it's like a full-on just fist to the gut like yeah. punch it, terry's a little weirded out but you know th- this actually happens before the date her brother or uh her their brother the sheriff talks her kind of down and it's like they're harmless um we also at this point uh get to see the first time they like go and they tend to the heads and they're talking about them. That's where the fritters line comes from. They're interrupted though by some swingers uh, coming to oh, the yeah. hotel, <laughs> coming to the motel, thinking it's a swinging hot spot. Um, the swingers, uh... <laughs> God, Ugh. the the swingers, they uh, they try to have kinky sex with. Or they think they're going to have kinky sex with Vincent and Ida. Um, and so they allow themselves to be hogtied and then gassed. And of course, they end up in the garden. But before that, the woman of the swinger couple has a whip. And to get in the mood, she just destroys the whole room with that whip. Yeah, she just whips. Yeah, she she just, that place. <laughs> she has some sort of frenzy. Yeah. It was so bizarre. Look, don't kink shame her, okay? She has a whip fetish. It's okay. So uh, then Nancy and Ida hang out during the day. And it's very clear at this point that Ida is kind of... I said Nancy, but I meant Terry. Uh, It's very clear at this point that Ida is a bit jealous of Terry. And so they go out on their little swimming hole together in in tubes, in inner tubes. They go tubing. Uh, But Ida, like, pops her own tube... Terry goes to, like, rescue her because Ida says she can't swim. And then Ida tries to drown Terry. But Farmer Vincent uh, interferes and saves Terry's life. Um, And then she's very glad. And then she confesses her love for Vincent um, and tries to sleep with him. But he says they have to get married first because they're very religious. They always have a televangelist on the TV. Um, We see... Vincent talking to the town reverend, played by Wolfman Jack, um, in a pretty great little cameo here, um, who will I think we'll see or hear his voice in a lot of other movies. He's kind of well-known as like a radio disc jockey um, and kind of voice talent. He has a very distinctive voice. Um, and then uh, their brother finds out, uh, the sheriff finds out, and he tries to go uh, get Terry because he doesn't believe that she would marry Vincent. There's kind of a fight. He uh, ends up getting forced uh, off of the motel property with a with a shotgun. And yeah, Armor Vincent does not care about his property. No. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, damn, okay. Yeah. And he shoots a hole in his wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that he will later have to clean up. Um, at this point, we see them kill off the the band, Ivan and the Terribles, and they do it because they talk about how it's important to, um, you know, kill to, to that they don't feel any extra pain and are, you know, they, they're very much like a slaughtering, uh, you know, cattle or, or pigs at a slaughterhouse, um, except that they show them these weird psychedelic light machines to hypnotize them and then place nooses around their neck and snap their necks by stepping on the gas. And then it's they... It's such a good scene. <laughs> I love this scene. Uh, and then they pull them up out of the grave and take them um, to the slaughterhouse where, unfortunately, Terry uh, stumbles upon 
uh, what they're doing. Terry was knocked out earlier with uh, green poison sleeping juice in champagne. Um, in the most obvious looking that's yeah. not oh champagne ever. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he's very easy to coerce into things as we might touch upon later in this, but throughout the movie, uh, Terry is very easy uh, to coerce and she goes along. She goes along with most things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's a good sport, Terry. Um, <laughs> so, so then uh, we move into kind of a showdown here. Uh, and as the showdown is happening, we see that uh, Bo, the biker zombie, has extracted himself um, from his little gray, and uh, not grave, but little uh, dirt imprisonment, I guess. He's not a his zombie. Plot. He's not a zombie. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I had a similar thing where I, was, I kept thinking of zombies because the gurgle, the yeah. gurgle sound that they use is, is 100% a zombie-like yeah, growl. and they definitely yeah. like walk forward because he, he lets them all out. Um, Ida runs off um, during the confrontation. The sheriff shows up. So Terry uh, ends up strapped to like a table going towards a saw while the sheriff and Vincent have a chainsaw fight. During the fight, Vincent oh, has, so a, has a dead pig's head on as a mask for... No, no reason. reason whatsoever, but it looks awesome. Does um, it? And it makes a great final scene. Um, Ida gets attacked by all of the very unhappy uh, prisoners outside. And then uh, eventually Farmer Vincent ends up getting chainsawed in the side. And he confides that even he is a hypocrite because he uses preservatives uh, before he uh, dies. That line... That line got me. It was so good. <laughs> uh, I was waiting for him to recant, and it's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and then um, they go and they go to the garden area, and they find Ida uh, upside down in the dirt with just her feet sticking out. She has a couple of like death spasms or like false, you know, I'm not quite dead scares. And then they walk off as the O finally blows up in the Motel hell, Hello sign, lead, leaving it as Motel Hell. And the sheriff, you know, says like, man, it's a good thing that I, you know, left when I was a kid. Otherwise, I might have turned out like them. Um, and the movie ends. It's pretty concise. It doesn't, it's, you know, a little over 90 minutes. It's not too long. Um, before we uh, Before we ask any of my questions... Starting with Torin, what are your general feelings on this movie? Boy, so Drag Me to Hell was quote unquote humorous. With you know, they had like the some of those those silly moments, and they were just not good. This movie does comedy and horror right. Uh, I loved the fact that there are little bits of humor. Um, I really thought it was interesting that they. Most I feel like most horror movies are told from at least that I've seen so far and what I've I know just culturally are told from the point of view of the victims. In this movie, you're in the driver's seat with the the killers themselves. Um, Vincent got big farmer Dilf energy. Like <laughs> I see why I see why Terry wanted to marry him. Dude's pretty handsome. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just like it it was charming. It was I think like well acted uh i really like the premise um 
I I just had a great time with this movie. I I really enjoyed it, and it's it's got the it you know got sausage in it. You can't go wrong <laughs> when a movie has sausage in it that, yeah. that scores extra bounty points with this. This movie literally shows you how the sausage is made. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not actually. I well, that yeah, it's true. It doesn't it's a secret. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get the idea. You yeah. see enough oh. to know. And uh, we'll say uh, one thing about the chainsaw fight. Right before the chainsaw fight, Bruce has a shotgun. And he doesn't choose to use it as a gun. <laughs> yeah. Nope. No. That, that was that was a one moment. I was like, okay, I guess we're not doing this, but um, the chainsaw fight more than makes up for it. Yeah. Uh, Bruce the sheriff, real real smart guy. Um, <laughs> the, the, I yeah I agree. I like the acting in this movie. With I think Terry is kind of the one exception. Uh, she's played by Nina Axelrod, who's in a handful of low budget horror and sci-fi movies um i don't i don't know that her performance is super great but like ida and vincent they're like yeah. charisma kind of carries this movie for me um, i actually had a hard time thinking as the villains i kind of liked them yeah I, I said the same thing like i almost like you almost like sympathize with them until the final turn when you're like oh I, yeah that's right they are cannibals <laughs> like I, sh- I shouldn't yeah. be on their side um all right counterpoint Anna, how did you feel about this movie? I didn't. You didn't feel? No. I just... Okay. So, it wasn't scary, and I didn't find it very funny. I Mm. didn't hate the acting, but the writing was not for me. I was just bored. And I didn't want to be bored, so that made me annoyed. I am a very anxious human. I have very high levels of anxiety at all times. And when I go into a movie kind of prepped to be scared and it doesn't scare me. It's got all that pent up anxiety. Yeah, it's annoying. (laughs) It was a letdown. As Torn mentioned, this is a a pretty big blend of comedy and horror. And you said the comedy didn't work for you. But I, I almost would pitch this movie more as a black comedy with horror elements than the other way around. Like... It's just a very dark comedy to me. Like I, I thought it. I think the movie's hilarious. Like there's so many little things that I think are funny. I loved the the I use preservatives line uh, at the end is is great. All the little tag lines. Um, yeah. All I, the people Farmer Vincent kills would like then would you would consider as like the lessers of society. You know the people that are diluting. You know, uh, you know American. You know Reagan, good old Republican Reagan ideals. Like they're all they're all people that those you know Reaganites would would shun and abhor. Yeah, I mean this is this is probably this comes out in 1980, so this is the start of the Reagan era, um, and we, we've you've you know America has seen Reagan become a political superstar as governor of California, and this movie is definitely lampooning that like. Um, you know, they're always watching a televangelist. That's the only thing you ever see on TV is mm-hmm. televangelists. Um, and the movie, you know, they're kind of villains due to indoctrination by their extremely religious, uh, you know, family, basically. Their grandma teaches them the art of smoking meats. And, it's you know, they don't say it so much, but it's implied that their their grandma killed people and smoked them before they did. So, mm. um, you know, it's it's very about, like the the facade of the like reagan era conservative um you know and I, I think that's that's a neat little bit of subtext um but yeah so i i 
I I totally like I didn't I didn't know if this movie would be for you because I think like it's one of these horror movies that gets by on like low budget charm and one person's low budget charm is another person's like low budget trash. And mm-hmm. so I thought you might fall on the trash side of that line. I didn't know where Toron would fall, but I thought it was like a good uh, movie to watch because it kind of attempts to do the same thing, splitting the difference between comedy and horror that um, Drag Me to Hell does, but in a much like much more low budget uh, way. I do want to talk uh, about the the very casual treatment of sexual assault in this era because Bruce straight up tries to force himself on Terry. Mm-hmm. But then he yeah. ends up being the hero at the end. And that is not something that would happen in a movie made today. Yeah. So she have to repeated attempts as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, so it's the one reading of this movie that's probably very different in general from 1980 to now is like, Bruce doesn't come out as like, oh, he's the hero of the movie. It's more like, wow, oh, like, weird i don't know how to feel about you walking off into the sunset with this guy that was kind of a creepy sex pest in this movie you know like um, yeah yeah Yeah, now she has to escape him (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) so yeah i i uh i didn't like that some so some people think that this movie is also a statement on like the meat industry and not uh people not wanting to know where their food comes from um Anna, does that read make sense to you, or do you think that's applying meaning where there isn't some? I don't know. I guess. You guess it is? I guess. I don't know. No, I think I think people are digging too hard. I don't I don't know. Something about it doesn't smack me as like people because everyone wants to know in this movie, like, you know, Terry continues keeps trying to learn and the inspector keeps trying to learn, but they're they keep it under lock and key and like no one really is is playing like, oh, I don't I don't wanna see it. I don't wanna see where the sausage is made, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's maybe looking into it too far, but I am not a film I'm not a film critic or a deep connoisseur, so I, I couldn't speak to that super well. I think by nature of being on this podcast, you are kind of now a film critic. Oh, sick. <laughs> put that on my business card. Do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, before we move on to the scarometer or the scarometer, however you decide to pronounce that from episode to episode, uh, were there any points, any other points anyone wanted to make about this film? It's it's not one we can really deeply analyze because it's not, it's, it's um, pretty what it is, you know. Did anyone else notice that Terry's taste in men skews a little older? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She has a grandpa fetish. Yeah. One hundo. I I remember, Anna, you were mentioning that this movie did not scare you. I think that's really interesting because I might have a lower scare tolerance than you then because there are definitely points where I got my, I watched this with my girlfriend and she gave me a little bit of a teasing uh, because I, I did some jumping and, you know, like leg grabbing at certain scenes because i <laughs> i scare so easily the car chase where he, where vincent tries to run the two women off the road uh the chainsaw fight where it, like they would get cut and stuff like that i was definitely yelping a lot like i know this this movie 
I really liked this movie. I'm not going to lie. This this movie really <laughs> did it for me. Also, uh, kudos to I, whoever was the graphic designer that had to write the font for the intro because they did a great job. Yeah, for, for 1980, uh, that text treatment yeah. to mimic a neon sign was pretty impressive. I also had that thought while watching it. I was like, yeah. oh, did, they, did this get added in a later print or something? But nope, that's that's how it, how it is. Now, this movie is like, you could put it on the background. This is the perfect like Halloween background movie night movie. Mm-hmm. It's it's great. I'm sold. I, one thing I forgot to bring up is so when they were making this movie, um, United Artists wanted it to be a straight slasher, and the the director and the producers and the writer wanted it to be funny. And they wanted it, in fact, to be even more of a comedy than it is, but they had to fight the studio the whole way, so so this is kind of where it ended up. And I think that it's good they fought, because I kind of think if this were just a straight slasher without the humor, I don't know that it would be as much of a cult classic as Yeah, then I would have just straight up hated it. Hmm. Well, it's good to know you didn't straight up hated it. I just feel nothing about it. You feel nothing. Okay. Well, I guess we know what might happen to your scareometer. And let's go ahead then and plug you in first, Anna, to the scareometer. Last uh, last week, go ahead and put those diodes right down your temples. Uh, last week, you, you were at 5%. Uh, and for our audience who might be tuning in for the first time, this uh, scareometer detects how much of a horror fan Anna and Torin are becoming. Unfortunately, Drag Me to Hell pushed them down to 5%, so will this push them back up? I don't know. Go ahead and uh, press that button and tell me what the readout is. I'm holding steady at 5. Holding steady. All right. Okay. I can live with that. 5% still for you. Go ahead and uh, pass those uh, d- those diodes through the internet <laughs> to Torin. It's a new adhesive. All right. I'm putting them on my temples. All right. Um, so like I probably could tell, I really like this movie. Uh, I love, I make sausage for fun. Um, I really liked Vincent and Ida as characters. I thought they were really interesting, especially since they were the, like, I wouldn't say the protagonist, but they were the main characters more or less. It followed them. Yeah. I just, I really enjoyed this movie. I'm definitely going to put it on Halloween this year. If, if, uh, I have any sort of party or congregation of people, uh, I will put this, put me probably like at 30 percent like whoa wow if every horror movie was i guess when i've been thinking about the scareometer scareometer if every other horror movie was like this one i would be super i would be on board if if every horror movie was like drag me to hell i would never touch the genre again (laughs) but if, if every movie was like this i would be uh i'd watch horror movies all the time this this movie was funny it was just gory enough uh you know it's it's just great like if if you get the chance watch it yeah it's it's interesting as somebody who has a i have a pretty wide swath of horror movies that i enjoy um you know i enjoy movies that i will admit are absolute trash and also movies that are like art house horror um and i enjoy it all so a fun part of doing this show as, as from my perspective is kind of detecting both of your tastes <laughs> in which horror movies you enjoy and which you don't. Um, Before we talk about what we're going to watch next week, we're going to rank the films, though. Uh, Right now, our ranking is very simple. 
Uh, number one, currently the greatest horror movie of all time, is 1974 <laughs> Splat Christmas. And number two, the second best but also worst horror movie of all time, is Drag Me to Hell. <laughs> where does this stack up against uh, those those two? Anna, where where would you put it first before we get? Don't, you don't have to you don't have to take into account our opinions. We'll 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 vouch for them ourselves. If this was just your ranking, where would you put it? If it was just my ranking, it would go in the number three slot. But I also... You liked Drag Me to Hell better than this? I had one character in Drag Me to Hell that I enjoyed. It's okay. We still love you. And I just didn't care about anybody well, in wow. Hotel Hell. Uh, mo- it's a motel Hell. Motel Hell. Hotel Hell, different movie from like the 2000s. Not very good. We'll probably never watch it. But Also, isn't that what... Isn't there a Gordon Ramsay Hotel Hell? Yeah, I believe the series. Series. <laughs> series is indeed uh, called Hotel Hell. Free to watch on YouTube, by the way. Nice. Uh, if you were ever bored, I highly recommend watching that. <laughs> um, Torin, where would you uh, put uh, on our list? Where would you put Motel Hell? Uh, I'd put this at the tip top. Drag Me to Hell keeps getting dragged to the bottom. Black Christmas, solid movie. But this movie, I like lights like i like i said i would watch this again with other people i thought it was funny uh i thought it was just scary enough it was it's it 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 feels like a the perfect example of like an 80s horror film so so then why don't we go with i i would be in the middle of you so maybe that's where we should put it i would say i like it more than drag me to hell I, I I think I enjoy, I would rewatch this movie more than I would watch Black Christmas, but when I take into account that Black Christmas might be the first slasher movie and it's like so influential um, in tropes, I would still put Black Christmas above it on a greatest horror list of all time. So that would be, you know, in between where both of you would put it. Is that okay for a resting place then as a, a spot of compromise? I will accept that. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're going to put this movie at number two, the second best horror movie of all time, Motel Hell. Um, so next, I, I, respect, okay. I respect what Black uh, Christmas did for the genre, so I'll, I'll allow it to have the number one spot. So next week, we're going to watch something very different. We're going to go back farther even uh, than, than Black Christmas. We're going to go back to 1964. We're going to watch Mask of the Red Death, which is a Roger Corman-directed uh, interpretation of a uh, Edgar Allan Poe story, a pretty famous Edgar Allan Poe story, starring Vincent Price, one of the like most iconic horror actors of all time, um, and also the voice of Radigan from The Great Mouse Detective, if <laughs> you need a cultural I like, touchstone. I like these cartoon voice actor references. Well, I'm trying to think of where, uh, if you don't watch horror movies, where you would know Vincent Price from. And it's that, and that he's also the voiceover for the thriller, the Michael Jackson song thriller. He's the spooky voice man. Um, Love it. For that. Oh. So. Um, but he's amazing if you like kind of that born on the stage, then move to the screen, like, oh, uh-huh, style of uh-huh, acting, uh-huh. like the very over-the-top kind of melodrama, um, which I quite enjoy. So this is going to be a very different movie from uh, anything we've watched thus far. Um, and then a reminder that after that, we're going to move to a, the most modern movie we've watched in uh, Robert Eggers' The Witch, or The Vavitch. The Vavitch. If you prefer. <laughs> uh, 
And then we're going to dive into The Nightmare on Elm Street as our first, like, franchise to watch um, kind of front to back, which I'm also very excited for. So um, This seems like a good place to bring this up. Uh, Recently watched The Green Knight, which, by the way, if you haven't seen that, highly recommend it. Uh, Be prepared to have more questions maybe you started with, but it's worth watching. Uh, But there was a trailer for my showing for a Candyman movie, and I've never seen Candyman and I think that would be a great choice for a horror film at some point. Yeah. I want to watch the Candyman. Uh, so my my horror bucket lists, if we're starting bucket lists, we got <laughs> uh, Hellraiser and we got Candyman. I've also never seen Candyman. I don't think. Have you, I seen Candyman? I, I mean, you've been in the room while I've watched Candyman. Okay. I don't know if you were watching Candyman, but this I, is I watched a, it. This is a reoccurring thing for me, is that I don't remember movies that I've seen because I often just fall asleep during them, but... I don't know why I'm getting gleeful, but if Motel Hell had Torin jumping a few times, I would like you I, I need you to like give me a live feed of you watching Candyman because oh no. <laughs> I just there is an order of magnitude in my opinion of how scary Candyman is in comparison to Motel Hell. <laughs> like uh may, yeah. wa- maybe watch that one earlier in the day with the lights on when we get to it. But we'll definitely get to Candyman the whole series um at some point. You know, we're gonna watch all of the the big series and if if the show's popular and we, you know We'll keep making it as long as uh, people listen. I think so. Yay! Yeah, we'll we'll get to we'll get to Candyman. We're just starting with Freddy because he's maybe the most iconic yeah. franchise horror character of all time, and also oh, his yeah. his movies are they run a very wide swath of like styles and <laughs> content um, from kind of very serious uh, slasher, you know, like pure scary slasher to incredibly comedic over-the-top cartoonish horror um so that's why i want to kind of start there um but your horror bucket list is noted uh <laughs> Torin. uh before we sign off uh if you would like to let us know uh how you felt about the movie motel hell or any of the movies that we are covering on this show feel free to uh message me on twitter uh i am at uh npc aaron uh, Anna, where can people contact you? You can find me on Twitter at Cellophobia. That's Cellophobia with an S. That's that's where you can find me. Sweet. And Torin, how about you? You can find me on uh, Instagram at BracyTK. And yeah, you can find me on Instagram there. Uh, I just made some sausages a couple of weeks ago, so I'll probably be posting those pictures on there. Nice. Uh, it was just in time for Motel Hell. <laughs> um, so I was I was already in the mood for sausage based uh, horror. So, <laughs> oh man, how much more sausage based horror is there? How many critters were in your sausage? Two critters this time. Hmm. Last one had three critters, but this time two. But not not the critters from the movie critters, just critters type you know critters in general. Yeah, which we'll get to that franchise critters. too. Um, all right uh thank you very much for listening to this episode of how to love the dark and we hope you tune in next time love it (laughs) have a good night y'all or good day you can listen to this at any time true facts